Hallelujah. 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 Woo. God is good. Our God is good. Woo. Thank you, Father. Oh, bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It is so good to be with you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I was sitting with a friend of mine, very close person to me, yesterday. And I said to him, how I long, how I long to be able to look at my church family, believers of like faith, and see them even closer to me than my own family, my own blood family. I never had that thought in my head until recently. After one day, just recently, looking at what Jesus said, that if you're going to follow me, you've got to have it made up in your mind that you will be willing to give everyone or everything up outside of me and follow me and then he went on to say follow me over your mom your dad your brother your sister you know I've grown up hearing that stuff but it's not until recently I've had uh, two short but serious bouts with not feeling well physically and it suddenly dawned on me Frank that it doesn't matter how much you try and how spiritual your family is and how much of a prayer warrior your husband and wife is there's gonna be a time it's gonna be a moment when something's going to hit you and ain't nobody around. Do I have a witness? I mean, am I the only one that has already walked that way? You, 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 just, you, just, you just, you're going right along in your life and all of a sudden, slam, bam. You walk into a wall of something. And you look around and it's not because they don't like you. It's not because uh, uh, th they wouldn't like to be there for you. But it's just one of those times. You suddenly realize if it had not been for God. If it had not, yeah, right there, where would I be? Yeah, play that softly, please. If it had not been, would you just bow your head where everywhere that you are online, and would you just tell God, just tell Him. Dear Lord, if it had not been. Woo! Jesus, if it had not been for you on my side, where would I be? Where, where would I be? Where would I be if it had not been? If it had not been, Lord, for your grace and your mercy and your blood that was shared to cover me where would I be 
This morning, God, we, we just come as willing vessels asking God that you will come down even more than you have already. I feel your presence. I know you're here, but I'm asking for an overflow today. I need an overflow today. We need an overflow today. Come on, help me somebody. We need an overflow today. I, I, I need an overflow, Lord Jesus. I need an overflow. An overflow of your love. An overflow of your grace. An overflow of your mercy. An overflow of your loving kindness. An overflow of your patience. An overflow. An overflow. An overflow of every good gift that you offer. Father, as your word goes forth, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let your people feel every word coming from my mouth, from your mouth, to my mouth, to their mouth. From your heart to my heart to their heart. I must decrease so that you will evermore increase. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is so good to see all of you here. Uh, our family is coming back gradually. Everyone is coming back. It's awesome to see Miss uh, Amber and Warwick, or Warwick and Amber. It's good to see you home. God bless you all. It's good to see Sister Tori. We have missed you, huh? God bless you. Mr. Uh, everyone else that I know uh, is here. We it's, it's it's slow it's a slow process, but everyone is beginning to miss home, and whenever you start missing home, you find yourself back home, somehow. So, for those of you online, we are again taking every precaution possible. Uh, our our focus and the aim is that as you come into our sanctuary here at the assembly that there will be more physical protection for you uh, in this season of uh, COVID, that you will literally see the process of better protection here than going into a grocery store. That we will continue to use uh, masks until we have been released of that. Uh, I don't want to call it a burden, but it's a, for some people it, are, it is, especially if you are a touchy-feely person that loves to connect. Uh, you can't talk like you normally can, would, and you can't hug like you normally would, and uh, you can't do a lot. But I so thank God that we don't need any of those things to connect that walking in the spirit allows us to connect with each other. We are connected. We are connected. Uh, before I do anything else, would you uh, give God a hand for me? Yes. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Last week we started a series, uh, it's just going to be a two-message series, last week and this week. And uh, thank you, Pastor Ron, for saying that was a good message. I personally didn't feel that excited about it. I thought, oh, I might have missed the mark. So anytime God touches you through something I say, uh, it will not uh, get make me egotistical to tell me, Pastor, it was a good message, because quite often 
I can't see myself preparing enough. I'm dealing with your spirits and your soul. And after any message that I preach, God could call you home. So the weight is, uh, Pastor Ron will tell you the same thing. The weight is enormous. You want to say what God is saying because you don't know what a person's next breath will be outside of these doors. And so I will never have the big head uh, if you tell me it touched you because I don't ever feel like I've prepared enough. We started on the series, uh, Jesus, God of my panics and my pandemics. Jesus, God of my panics and my pandemics. Our text, which we will go over today, can be found in uh, not just Luke 22 through 25, which is where we will read, but you can also find it in Matthew uh, 8 and Mark 4. All of these Gospels giving you different angles on the same story. And I uh, have insisted in reading them in, in concert because each of them tells you a little more. Matthew brings out the, the fact that they were not just rowing and going on their merry way, but there was a certain amount of anxiety and fear and panic that, that arised in them. And uh, Mark tells you more about the, how they addressed Jesus uh, when they woke him up and said, uh, 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 Master, Lord, get up. Don't you care that we are perishing? Don't you care that we are about to die? Uh, more of an indictment Mark, Mark presents to us about how they are addressing Jesus in this situation. But we're reading from the book of Luke, chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind, the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your fate? And they were afraid and marveled, saying, No one, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and water, and they obey him. And they obey him. We touched on the fact that our country, for a lot of people, are in, is in panic. Uh, we have converging pandemics, I would call it, or converging uh, issues that we've never had converging like this before. We've never had a, 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 a physical, a medical pandemic so that the whole country is shut down. And uh, at the same time, that rolled us into an economic uh, pandemic. <laughs> Uh, or an economic breakdown so that we are right on the verge or we have been on the verge of a recession to no one's fault. And then in the midst of that, we have had an upheaval of social uh, unrest that is now converging at all three points. And so there is panic out there. For those who don't know God, there, there is a fear for many of them because they don't know what to do. 
There is no answer when you and your neighbor, not just in America, but across the sea is going through the same thing. It's one of those times where you either put up or shut up. That you can't say I'm a believer and hide behind the name and not live the actual truth. Because there's nobody for you to hide behind. Everybody is going through the same thing and everybody's looking for help. And if you don't have help based in Jesus, you are panicking. You're panicking. Last week, we touched on the first two points, and I'm just going to give a quick overview. That my first point was that these disciples were there in the boat with Jesus. They're moving over the lake, and at a certain point, the storm comes up, and they, just by inference, you could tell because of the description of the, of the storm, and because of how the boat was rocking and what was going on on deck, that several things had to have been happening before they actually got to Jesus. They arrived to wake him up in a panic because other things had been tried already. Because he was a last resort. If he was the first thing on their mind, there wouldn't be a panic. There wouldn't be worry. There wouldn't be anxiety. There wouldn't be... Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? Get up! You've got to understand that they saw two things already. That before this event happened, not long before that, just before they got into the boat, coming off the mountain, that Jesus had just healed a man of leprosy right in front of them doesn't make a big hoopla doesn't say oh come bow down and i'll anoint you with oil and i'll put my hand no the get the, the man said if if you if you would i know you can heal me please do and jesus said i would and healed him and continued walking it was as if he had done nothing it was normal this is how we expect the god of gods to respond he gets in the boat, they see that. Not only that, but before this point, he had told them that I have been given authority. And I'm giving it to you. So they have already been performing under his authority. And yet at this point, you could hear Feel the panic and fear in them. My first point as a recap was <clears throat> we can expect unmanageable things to happen when Jesus is not our first option. I'm going to slow it down this morning because I want this to get in. We are at a point in our history, in our country, where we do not need the hoopla anymore. We don't need as much screaming and shouting. What we need is solid understanding in your, in your heart, which is your mind, of what God's will is. If you call yourself a believer, if you are a child of God, Jesus cannot be anything but option one. When you're going through a financial stress, hallelujah, oh, oh, it wasn't about a few days ago, someone called me that trusted God, that believed God, that I've seen have faith in God. The person said, Pastor, so-and-so is happening. I don't know why. I'm going through this. But if this continues, it's not going to be good. Would you pray with me? I, I tell you the truth. I wish, I wish everybody in our church would, would put myself and Pastor Ron and all the leaders in our church more that, that somehow we have, we have managed to mix the leaders you have 
with other leaders in the world that don't hold confidentiality seriously. But I can tell you, if you call us and say, Pastor, this is what's going on. Would you agree and touch with me for breakthrough? Quite often, Pastor Ron doesn't even need to tell me. Doesn't get to him. Or when it's me, that, when it's him, it doesn't get to me. When it's me, it doesn't get to him. We just commit and we start bombarding the throne on your behalf. And I said to the person, this is not happening because you have done something wrong. This isn't happening because, because you, you have completely missed or missed the mark. This is happening based on what we said last week in our sermon. Because God is going to use you as a bigger banner to glorify himself. So all we can do right now is to not say another negative word, not worry. We're going to start praying and fasting about this. And as I said that, Holy Spirit says, and, and speak it right now. By Friday, you're going to see release. And I said, no, 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 You know, I could say anything the Lord said. But, but when you start putting dates and numbers and stuff, you, 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 you know what? You're messing with character. You know what I'm saying? But I did. I stepped out. Sister Judy, I stepped out. And I said, this is what I'm hearing. I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to flow because I've been asking God to give me more of this kind of information. And I said, by Friday of this week, you're going to see release. In Jesus' name. And then I got off the phone and I kneeled down by the bed and I said, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father. Oh, Lord. Your word said it. If it was just me, oh, you don't have to do it. But I put you out there, Lord. Got to come through. It wasn't but Thursday morning. Thursday morning. Person called, said, you over there waiting on Friday, Pastor? God done answer on, on Thursday. When you least expect it, he'll come a day or a week. He will come a year early than you think. And there are other times he'll make you wait. He'll wait. He'll wait longer than you want to wait. But I'm telling you, if Jesus is your first choice, you will not be overtaken or overrun by situations that are unmanageable. Number two, from last week. Sometimes we're going through things and we are worried. We are so worried, worried, stressed. God, why is this happening to me? I've been praying and fasting and trying to do right and walk right and live right and be right. Why, 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 why do I have to face this? I'm sure the disciples were saying the same thing. We are here with Jesus. We are, we saw him do all of these mighty things. So we know that if we are with him, nothing bad should happen. And right as they're thinking that, something bad happens. Can I tell you what I said last week? That sometimes God allows the storm to come at us, not because we have lost our faith, or not to prove that we've lost our faith. The devil always tells you that one. And you know when it's a negative thought like that, it's from the devil. If you are a believer, and you are in a situation, and, and a voice comes to you and says, I told you so, you should have prayed this, and you should have done that. That's not God. God never takes that approach. Let me say that again. God never comes to you and takes that approach. I told you so. You should have done so. No, that's not our God. You know what he does? As soon as he appears on the scene, he says, I'm here. Peace. Be still. 
doesn't mess with you. He messes with the problem. Anything that you are going through and a voice comes up in your head or your spirit that starts messing with your mind. It is not of God. God wouldn't be God if he wastes his time trying to pile on on you what he already paid for. Somebody's not hearing me. Sometimes God allows storms, the storm not to prove you don't have faith, but to help you increase your faith. And I gave the example. Many of us have been praying. Is there anyone in the room that has been praying for God to increase their capacity? Oh, Lord, I need an increase in my capacity. I need an increase. I see two or three hands. Anyone, four hands. Anyone else? I know how I've been praying. God, I, I want you to expand my capacity. Well, here's the thing. It's the, when you pray that prayer, you're actually praying two prayers in one. Because increased capacity leaves space. Am I right, Brother Frank? Increased capacity leaves space. So if God increases your capacity and nothing that he ordains fills the space, you're back to square one. I believe, I believe that God doesn't just allow you to go through things to, to expand your faith. That when he increases the capacity you've been praying for, he looks at you and he says, this spot, this space needs faith. And he starts to help you cram faith into there. You start stepping out and doing things that you did not, you couldn't imagine you would do in the past. That you're believing in ways that you never thought you would believe. But your capacity has been expanded and your faith has been filling the spot. Now we go right into today's Three and four. You can write these down. Sometime God allows the storm to suddenly show up in the presence of others, not for you, but for them. Sometime God allows the storm to come on the scene. When everybody's looking. Have you ever been there, somebody? That, you, 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 you could navigate it better if nobody knew. You, you, could, you, could, you could deal with it uh, uh, behind the scenes if nobody knew. But there are times when things are going to happen in your life and my life. And it's going to happen with everyone watching the disciples were all in that position everybody's looking at everybody else everyone is looking to see what's going on what did we do what should we have done how did this happen why is that happening to you what's going on huh and Jesus is taking a nap Sometimes God allows storms suddenly to show up in the presence of others, not for you, but for them. Can I tell you why? The reason is because he loves to brag on you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You've been missing it. You've been thinking that the reason you're going through this is because of this or that, but you never thought it was because he's proud of you. Can I ask you this morning to, to put a little note, a jot there, so that you can remind yourself constantly that if I'm praying every day, if I'm reading some of the word, I'm not perfect, but if I'm doing these things and inviting God into my space every day, when stuff comes up, it's not always because I'm in sin, especially when it happens in front of people. 
Maybe it's happening because God wants to brag on you. Do you remember Job? Oh, this man was, was righteous. He was holy. He was doing everything that he could to serve God. He even went as far as to be the one after his kids would do whatever they wanted to do. He would go and make sacrifices for them in case they had messed up. And yet, this is the same man that God, as Satan is perusing through by the throne or by the, the place of God's abode, God stops him and says, oh, oh, Lucifer, come over here. Come, come over. I got something for you. Oh, my Lord Jesus. Have you considered my servant Job? Have you considered my servant Job? Have, have, you, have you thought about testing him? I mean, could you imagine God saying that? Come over here, Satan. Look, things are going really good with so-and-so. I mean, they are enjoying my blessing. Look, their family's in good order. Their marriage seems to be going smoothly. They are enjoying peace right now. Uh, have you considered trying them? God! Setting him up! Let me say this. God never sets you up for anything but success. Hallelujah. 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 That, that, you got to take a moment on that one. You got to take a moment on that one. That everything you go through, everything you go through, even when it looks like it is about to kill you, it is not going to because your God never, ever sets you up for failure. It is not like God. It is not in him to set us up for failure. If he allows you to go through it, it's because he has already assigned angels to walk with you through it. Let me say that again. If he allows you to go through it, he has already put angels on assignment to walk with you through it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is the stuff that makes me cry, that has me, Lord, I thank you. You get to a point and you say, Lord, woo! If it had not been for you on my side, where would I be? 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 Let me show you something. Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we, oh hallelujah, glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If you're at home right now, this is a moment you can get up and start jumping before we ever get to it. You are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So that we can do the good things that he wants. His story, did you see that? That you could do the good things he has already planned for you. That he expects you to stand. He expects you to continue praying on the pressure. He expects that you would continue reading the word of God when things are pressing in because you are his masterpiece. Hallelujah. Hey, bless God. Look at someone and tell them, I'm his masterpiece. I came in church feeling lower than a turtle, but I'm feeling it right now. I am his masterpiece. Come on, get your chest up at home and talk to yourself. I am his masterpiece. I am his masterpiece. I am his masterpiece. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Woo! Hallelujah. I am his masterpiece. I am his masterpiece. 
I am his masterpiece. That's why I can go through all this stuff. And when it gets unbearable, I just fall down in front of the cross and I say, I am your masterpiece. You put the pieces together. I am your masterpiece. You put the pieces together. Uh, everything is falling apart. I can't see my way, but I am your masterpiece. You put the pieces together. Come on, tell him. I am your masterpiece. You put the pieces together. Oh, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, 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 oh. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Oh, my goodness. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. What are we surrounded by? What are we surrounded by? It is in, this is an inference here that most everything you go through, there's going to be witnesses. Oh boy, oh boy. Some people don't want to hear that, Sister Angela. That, that, that not most everything you go through, there's going to be at least a couple of people that know about it. You got to just, just understand that at every given moment, in every given circumstance, that God wants to use you as bragging rights. Hey, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I'm, you are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. So let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance run with commitment run with relentless effort the race that is set before us looking where to the bank borrow some more money looking where to my brother sister who I know has got a pretty good job. They can, they can help a little bit. Looking where? To the church. Oh, the church has got it nice and good. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. The altar and finisher of my faith who for the joy that was set before him he's not going to just tell you to do something without telling you again what he did the adversary is the only guy in this scenario that will come and try to get you to do something but he doesn't commit anything that's the other thing when the adversary attacks he tries to get you to do something he tries to get you to be anxious, to panic, to do, go through all of these things, but he ain't committing anything else to you but trial. Here's what Jesus said. You can do all these things. You need to endure like this. Why? 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 Because of the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. This is God on the cross. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. You want, whatever you go through, it cannot be more, more uh, uh, shameful than this. It cannot be more degrading than this. That the God of the universe, the guy who made, the guy who's putting the nail in his hand, is, is there and he's saying, I will not, I will not. Oh, oh, my flesh wants to, my flesh wants to jump off of this place. But I will not, I will not. For the joy he's thinking about afterwards. He's thinking about you and me. He's thinking about the price of bringing us to Calvary and seeing us flourish and seeing our families after us walking in the way of seeing his glory shining on us before he ever goes through the process. He's seeing the stuff. He's seeing it by faith. He's giving us an example. He sees into the past and the future. 
didn't take him faith, but, I, but I'm saying it's the example that we need to see of how faith works. Except for the joy that was laid before him. He's seeing the joy while the hammer and the nail is going in his hand. He's seeing the joy while the spear is being shoved in his side. Sometimes God allows the storm to suddenly show up in the presence of others. Not for you, but for them. Quickly, number four. And we're closing on this one and ends the series. Number four. Don't panic. Don't uh, take, uh, if you can take that down. Right there, right there, right there. Don't panic. God is in the boat. Don't panic. God is in the boat with you. Don't panic. God is in your boat. God is in your boat. I I took the time because I wanted to share some more theological type breakdown right here. Because we hear this so much, faith and fear. You can't have fear and have faith in the same place. And, you, and we, it, it, it has become very passe, very, uh, just a thing to say. So let's, let's break it down just a moment. You might want to write this down. Fear neutralizes faith. You knew this part. Fear or panic. What the, what the disciples were going through in the boat when the storm arose was a little bit of panic, was a little bit of fear, was anxiety. And whenever that moves from circling your head to building a nest in your hair, it neutralizes your faith. It neutralizes your faith. Second Timothy 2, 1, uh, 1, 7. For God has not given you the spirit of what? Fear. But he's given you what? Spirit of power, the spirit of agape love, and what? And a sound mind. Panic, fear neutralizes faith. Number, that's, that's, and then we go to the next part. Neutralized faith silences your godly authority. Neutralized faith silences your godly authority. Neutralized faith. If the adversary can, can get you to stop believing in that moment that God could do this. I see them do it before. I, I know. I know. I'm not doubting. I'm not questioning. I know he can do this. If he decides to, he'll heal me because I'm his child. I'm the apple of his eye. I can't, I can't go wrong by believing. If we allow fear... To neutralize our fate, then our neutralized fate silences our mouth. And your mouth is where authority comes from. So we can then say, neutralized fate silences your godly authority. Because your godly authority is coming from where? You speak what God's word says and you don't move. Am I right, Sister Carol? You speak what God's word says and you don't get off that bump. You don't get off that road. You don't get off that line. You stay there, hell or high water, death or life. You are, you are going to speak the word of God and believe it. Neutralized faith silences your godly authority. John 15 and 7 John 15 and 7. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire because it's what I desire. Right? Because you abide in me and I'm abiding in you. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Fear neutralizes faith. Neutralized faith silences your godly authority. And neutralized authority disconnects you from your power. Neutralized authority disconnects you from your power. 
The adversary can't do anything with the power. The power belongs to God. But if he can neutralize your authority, your, your words speaking the word of God, your lips speaking what God says, your mouth saying what God's word says, then your, your, your ability to access power has been so diminished that nothing's happening. I will not allow the adversary to disconnect me from my power. The disciples went through that whole, that, this whole thing right there on the boat. Fear and anxiety, panic. Because that has happened, their faith is now diminished. Because their faith is diminished, they can't stand in the authority that Jesus had already given them before they got on the boat. So that they themselves could stand there and say, peace be still. He already gave it to them, did he not? But because fear and anxiety and panic had neutralized faith, now they can't use the authority. And whenever you can't activate your authority in Christ, you will be disconnected from the power that is given to you. Don't let anybody or anything disconnect you from your power. Don't let anybody or anything disconnect you from your authority. You've been given the authority by God himself. Look at this. Second Timothy. Second Timothy. Uh, no, not even that one. Uh, Mark. Mark. Mark 3, 14 and 15. And we're ending right here, these last two verses. He appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. And to have what? The same authority that you and I have today started when he gave it to his disciples. Someone asked me, what is the difference between the disciples walking in God's authority and casting out devils? If that was the case before Acts chapter 3, when the day of Pentecost got here, then why did, the, why, why, why did we have to have the day of Pentecost? Well, guess what? It's a simple explanation. When Jesus was walking with them physically... They were accessing his authority. It's clearly stated. So, so they're, he, he, they're, 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 they're handling authority through proxy. God said, Jesus, because I'm here, you can do anything that I say you could do. But when Jesus leaves, Jesus says, hold a second, guys. When I was here, my authority was just mantled on you. I know it's weird. I know it sounds off, but I'm so happy that Jesus went back to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit. Somebody, oh, you don't, nobody, somebody hasn't caught it yet. Don't, don't, don't clap here until you get it. You got to really get it. If Jesus had stayed here, then his authority could only be mantled on you like a coat. Uh, go out and uh, I'll put this on you. But when Jesus said it is finished he got with his disciples they went to the tavern the, 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 the sanctuary and prayed in the upper room and he said i'm gonna send somebody called holy spirit the holy spirit did not come to be a mantle <laughs> hallelujah <sighs> The Holy Spirit came to be in you. It's not a mantle on you no more. It's a mantle in you. It's, it's in you. It's in you. Hallelujah. How, how, how many times does the devil come and tell us, you ain't got no Holy Spirit. You ain't got no authority. As if he has the ability to go inside of you and take it out. Do we understand that the devil can't go in you and take anything out? That once the glory of God is in you, if you activate, if you fan the flame, if you grow it up, if you help it to expand in you, the devil cannot mess with you. 
Because it's not a it's not a coat on you no more. It's on the inside of you. Oh, hallelujah. It's on the inside of you. It's on the inside of you. You got power in you this morning. You've got power in you this morning. You've got power in you. You've got power because the Holy Ghost has come. You were in a better place than the disciples were. Jesus is the God of your panics and your pandemics. I know we're going over. Let's close right here. Lord, your word has gone out. Your word has gone out. Your word has gone out. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we are renewed in our flesh. We are renewed in our minds. We are renewed in our spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Woo! Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come on, tell him, tell him. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. I don't want to go through this stuff like the disciples did. I, I, I want to go through it and you must be my first option. Father, thank you for activating your word. For those of you who are online. Wednesday. Please tune in with us. Get your Bibles ready. Pastor Ron did an excellent job last Wednesday. I was blessed. We had a before Holy Ghost party and an after Holy Ghost party because Bible study was so wonderful. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. May the grace of God and the peace of the Father rest upon you deeply in Jesus' name. Amen.